Welcome to Soundbite Theater. Episode 1 Stupid Little Play About Nothing. Excellent tea selection. Jules, what do you want? Dry socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Emerson is going to fuss over tea, I'm going for something stiffer. Jules? Uh, surprise me, I guess. You know I'm more of a beer drinker, Gunner. And Gunner would rather die. <laughs> Very nearly. Does your fireplace work? Yeah, but it's kind of complicated. Ah, there you go. Always did have a knack for this sort of thing, don't you, Jules? It's just an electric fireplace. Still feels nice, though. Thanks for letting me crash. Oh, trust me. Here you go. I am not letting you back out in that. You either, Emerson. I wasn't going to drive anyway. I was going to catch a bus. That's not better. I'm nowhere near a stop. There's plenty of space. You're staying. Who am I to refuse our gracious host? (laughs) So then, I have thoughts. About what? The show. God, you come all the way up here to see a show and then ask what I have thoughts about? I came all the way up here to see the two of you. The play was a perk. Not a play, a musical. And let's hear the thoughts, Gunner. I'm fascinated. Coming from you, that just means you're waiting your turn. No, take your time. I'm genuinely interested in what you thought. This coming from the man who skipped town when I offered him a free ticket to the Tarantino retrospective. I've said it before and I'll say it again, I had a conference in Seattle. A conference you had and Nathan started acting for? Guys. We are dangerously close to veering off topic here, you were saying? Right. So, it was fine. Fine? That's what I said. You don't have a class in front of you, there's no need to repeat for emphasis. Well, maybe I do need something stronger. Can I explain myself? You certainly can. On a technical level, it was good. Great, even. I could see a lot of effort and craftsmanship put into every aspect of the production. So yes, I deeply appreciated some moments. So why was it just fine? And where do you keep your vodka? Above the cabinets. And the reason I said it was fine was because that's what it inherently is. Fine. There wasn't much substance to it. And what in your eyes constitutes substance? Because the production I saw, while certainly not reaching the heights of any masterpiece, it being a musical and all, was practically oozing with substance. Are you sure we were in the same audience? Because the show I saw had nothing of value to say. Because where you saw a shallow, trite, run-of-the-mill musical, I saw a complex, detailed allegory for how the human race incorporates religion and their faith in a higher power into their lives. It was Fiddler on the Roof. I heard that, Jules, and you're correct. The story of a father's struggle to balance family and religion during a time of upheaval. 
and yet it had the balls to set that struggle against the backdrop of the fall of the Russian Empire. There's so much more they could have explored with that, and yet they didn't. Oh, please tell me, what more could the writers have done to craft a powerful social message? First of all, lose the village. Haven't you seen Reds? Make it actually about things that matter. So you're implying humanity's struggle with religion doesn't matter? I'm not implying. That's what I said. Religion as the theme that carries a play is archaic and casts a sense of black and whiteness over the whole affair without any actual work to back it up. Why should we feel badly for Tevia's struggle? Because he is being forced to confront the realities he believed could be assumptions of life, including a personal connection to God that surpasses human relationship. And didn't the actor we saw, uh, what, what was his name? Let me check the program. The rain got to it. A shame, because he captured the scale of Tevye's struggle beautifully. Look, there were no bad actors on that stage. That's hardly an argument. Although that Golda... Golda. Golda. Uh, the balance of portraying an ethnic accent without caricature. And the ability to portray a mother we all recognize without relying on stereotypes. I do think she could have carried the accent into the singing more. It would have made it unbearable. I'd be careful about referring to an accent deeply associated with a marginalized community and saying unbearable in the same sentence. Maybe so, but her performance was one of the few aspects I found refreshing and enjoyable. But her depth didn't deepen the show. Which you would deepen by focusing on anything but Anatevka? Yes. A cultural revolution was going on and we see it in a piddly side character. One little communist. What communist? Did you not recognize that Perchik was a communist? Oh. Oh, that does make sense, huh? There was plenty of context. Uh, Jules, I'm so sorry we've been leaving you out. What did you think? Well, I thought it was good. I had a nice time. I'm sure we all had a nice time. It was the theater. But what did you think? I thought it was kind of sad at the end, but pretty. The beauty of the end is something I thought about bringing up. Uh, capturing melancholy and desperation to move on because it is the only way to survive can be so difficult. <laughs> no, I, I just meant, like, music was pretty. All around. Oh, I did like the wedding dancing. That was cool. But... What, what did you like about it? I just said. <laughs> but nothing really, you know, stuck out to you? It was fun. It looked great. I had fun. I, <laughs> I liked it. Nothing resonated with you? I really liked it. Isn't that enough? Okay, so when the performance ended, I left the theater with this impulse to do something more in the world. More than anyone in that stupid little village got to do, at least. They were forced to waste their lives in community, and I don't want to be stuck doing the same. You got that from a musical? Of course. That's what it's supposed to do. But it can also inspire someone to look inside oneself. It can create an urge to look introspectively at how much we value family versus God and, you know, those kinds of concepts. And I should have felt like that. You should have felt something. I did. I felt good. All right. Uh, let's look at this from a different angle. One of the main themes here is a relationship with higher power. One of the weakest parts. <laughs> weakest? You know, for an industry that relies so heavily on allegory for God. Allegory. For God. Absolutely not. And thank God for that. It does. In what? Godspell? In Shakespeare. <sighs> Shakespeare. Here we go. Jules, what do you think of God and Shakespeare? 
I didn't think he wrote about Bible stories. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Fiddler? I'll get back to that in a minute. All right, Gunner, let's look at A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, now that's something to talk about. You know, remember that production we saw in college with that... Uh, that that fantastic set, and the colored lighting that made the costumes... Dance and blend into the background or opo out like a 3D movie? That was good design. You would have loved it, Jules. Maybe. I mean, I've seen Midsummer's Night Dream, and it was honestly just kind of... weird. It must have been a bad production, because a good production practically oozes meaning from that weirdness. And like Fiddler, it relies on an acceptance of the unknown and the otherworldly powerful to achieve any kind of stability and relief in life. Or, alternatively, it shows how badly the other world fucks with us and isn't to be trusted or relied upon because it won't protect you from the Russian government or from marrying someone you hated 12 hours ago. <sighs> If we mortals have offended, think but this and all is mended. Huh? Uh, the last line of the show says that if it offends you to imagine the goings on of Midsummer, then to pretend it was a dream. I find it to be a cop-out that historically allowed Shakespeare to write without fear of the crown and the church. You just said the same thing twice. Which is another point for historical context. <laughs> Anything else today, Mr. Emerson? Well, class, we'll have to see. <laughs> I'm getting another drink. Does anyone want anything? Just whatever you're having. I'm all right. You know, though, Jules. Yeah? I was just thinking about that film festival I took you to last year. You remember that one Charlie Cronenberg film we saw? I think you mean Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Kaufman's movie, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> Wonderful piece. Is that the one where the guy turns a big warehouse into a replica of New York? And he recruits people to participate in a massive theater piece that mimics real life, and slowly but surely he begins to lose track of what is the play and what is his real life. So what do you think of that? In what way? Losing that ability to tell between real life and art. How does that make you feel? About my life? I think what he's trying to convey is the nature of truth in art, especially in the medium of theater. Yeah. So many artists strive to capture that, that evasive truth in the piece of work they are creating. They are trying to capture the real world, and how does one simply do that? Right, right. And like, what even is real in that sense? Exactly. And, and especially in period pieces, like in the case of what we saw tonight, how do you capture the truth of a time period you've never experienced? By appealing to the common threads of human experience. Yes, uh, uh, appeal to the desire the for a spiritual life beyond self have. like Tevye shows. Um, maybe repeat that and take turns... We don't need a turn for God. I didn't say God. I said spiritual life, which for Tevya is a connection to the God capital G. But it doesn't have to be. Consider Shakespeare. There's not enough liquor in this apartment for me to think about the bard twice in a night. Humor me. Both of you think about Shakespeare. Think about the way his characters fight against fate and social restrictions, such as Romeo and Juliet defying their families. And for what? Love. An idea and desire for something transcendent. That is how to accurately portray what you haven't personally known. That is the appeal to the human experience. The desire for transcendence. Jules, I know you've seen Romeo and Juliet because I was in it and I bullied you into coming. 
but couldn't you see that theme and its connection to how love and spirituality is presented in Fiddler on the Roof? Ah. Well, uh, they both have teens in love. Look, Emerson, I really liked your Romeo. He was cool. You were a cool Romeo. Cool? Yeah, cool. He seemed like the kind of guy I could grab a beer with. If he wasn't 15. Is he supposed to be 15? The age is only defined by what you consider youth. But cool? You got cool out of that performance? Well, what, what, what about Monica, my Juliet? Oh, tragic, really. I almost cried. Yes, because of the way it shows the struggle. Because a very sweet lady died. That's sad. She did a good job of making it sad. What? Isn't that the point of tragedy? Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy, right? Is it a tragedy? Okay. I think I've got your number, Jules. Bear with me. Last show you saw besides tonight. Oh, um... Come on. What is it? It's... It's not something you have to hide. What did you see? <sighs> okay. Uh... Mamma Mia. What? Really? Mamma Mia? Mamma fucking Mia? What's the big deal? Where to start? Derivative. Yep. Lacking any real substance. The absolute epitome of... Bland style over substance. Mainstream garbage. It was good. Yes, but if you look deeper into the piece... Which we will for sure be doing. You'll see that there's a lot to discuss regarding theme, intent, and even just the matter of realism. I, I mean, what an absolutely baffling concept. But why? Why what? Why do we have to look deeper into it? Theater is meant to provoke discussion and thought. And action. Theater is a source of action. But why? I mean, I know it's different and stuff backstage, but it's like movies. It's for fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, like movies? It's a bunch of people in a dark room watching something, so yeah, like movies. Movies don't benefit from a receptive audience. Movies don't change day to day. Movies are just movies. They can't possibly mean as much as the true human connection of the theater. Okay, first of all, I am not standing for cinema slander in my apartment. Yeah, some movies are movies, but some are cinema. You get me? Secondly, Jules, hmm? there's no way you really think it's the same. Well, it feels the same to me. I have fun. I feel things, but then I get to go home and just move on. I don't sit there hung up on what happens to Tevya or if he sees his daughters again, or whatever. I just get to enjoy how I'm feeling until something else comes along. Don't you think you could feel what you're feeling longer and better if you examined what you saw? Maybe, but I don't see what we need to examine. Oh, but if you two still have more to say about Fiddler, go ahead. I'm gonna grab another drink. I hardly have more to say about Fiddler. It may have been an acceptable production, but it was still Fiddler. Well, you liked the set. Oh, I loved the set. It's hard work to have a large set transition so well, but they pulled it off. Love house sets. Apparently, house settings are most of what this director does. I was reading her biography, and she has such a focus on the family. Back again to human connection, eh? Back to human connection. Human connection, that reminds me, something I meant to bring up. Oh? One thing they managed to do I liked was the Golda Tevia angle. It was fresh, different. I liked it. Oh, really? I, I thought it was fine, but hardly necessary. The original angle with the antagonistic but affectionate middle age speaks to relationship development better than I think what they tried to hear with so much... warmth. I would have thought you of all people would like the warmth. 
not as much as I like showing the diversity of romance. Besides, we got plenty of warmth in the younger couples. But Jules, surely you appreciated that, the diversity of relationship styles portrayed? I mean, yeah, it was sweet to see folks getting together and seeming really happy. Like, good for them, you know? Yes, but, well, didn't you maybe notice the effort put into showing the uniqueness of each development and the work to put them on equal footing? I guess. You guess. I guess I saw four couples on stage who love each other. They had a song about that even. I liked it. It was good to have some happy in there with all the sad bits going on. You really aren't willing to examine this. Like, not even to consider the implications of putting arranged marriages on the same level as love matches? If we talk about that, we need to talk about the culture of Russian Jews in the early 20th century, not to mention the purpose of marriage. Or, hear me out, we just go, good for them, and leave it be. Again, you really aren't willing to examine this, are you? I'm not unwilling, I just don't get this compulsion you two have to tear the whole damn thing apart. Come on, like Emerson said, it was just a musical. I never said just a musical. I, I may have implied musicals have a harder time reaching the depths of a straight play, but I didn't disclude them from it. What makes a play straight? Film adaptations, mostly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I thought you were going to tear my throat out for that. Oh, God, no. I can count on one hand the movie musicals I like. Interestingly, though, Fiddler is among them. But Jules, straight play is just not musicals. Normal plays. Ah, I see. But still, if we have a compulsion to examine our art, where does this complacency of yours about art come from? I like just watching theater. Isn't that enough? No. Seriously? Just no? It absolutely isn't enough. Why not? Because when you consume art, any art, when you watch a play or see a film, read a novel, a poem, listen to an album, admire a painting or a sculpture, exactly, every piece of art has to elicit some sort of reaction. And as the audience, as human beings, it is our duty to discuss how these works make us feel. And it can't just make us feel good? No. No. It is inherently in our nature to think bigger than that. Like, think of it this way. You eat something, and you say, here's what I liked about it. Or you could just say it tasted good. But where's the fun in that? This is fun to you? <laughs> Jules, this is most of what I do for a living. And your students are just as into this as you are. Well, I mean, they have to if they want to pass. <laughs> but in all seriousness, there is just something so fulfilling about hearing differing opinions. You don't want to hear mine. That's not true. To the contrary, we want to hear more of your opinions. So what else do you have to say? That I liked it and thought it was good. Happy? Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's try to focus in again. Um, Gunner, anything? How about cultural impact? Yes, the impact Fiddler had on the cultural landscape as a whole. And? Uh, Jules, think about how much this one piece of art has affected modern-day culture. This story would have been a footnote in history had the original novel not been adapted into this musical. It has been referenced countless times in pop culture. Books and essays have been written about how to interpret various plot elements. They play that one song at weddings. Yes, how could I forget that? The impact of Sunrise Sunset alone on the nature of marriage and family and how we see weddings could fill countless books. Why do you think that is? Because it's a good song? Yes, but what else? There doesn't have to be anything else. There does. Why? Because that's the point. <laughs> Why? It just is. 
No? No. Explain it. <laughs> Excuse me? Both of you. Go on. Explain it to me. Explain to me why it just is this way. Why art and theater and whatever are inherently meant to be deeply examined and ripped up and that's how to enjoy them. Why is that a human duty? Why is that the point? I said it just- At that, that- No. No. If my saying I just liked it isn't good enough, then you saying it just is isn't either. So come on, tell me why it's supposed to be torn apart. Well, theater is accepted as being a means of conveying beliefs and opinion. Uh, however, since the author often doesn't outright say in as many words as much, we must interpret. Why? Because they didn't say it. Maybe they didn't say it because they didn't want to. I've met enough playwrights to know that's not true. Met? Is that what the youth are calling it now? If there's not enough liquor in this apartment to discuss Shakespeare, there is absolutely not enough to talk about my exes. Regardless, Jules, I can promise you authors want us to examine their work. All of them? Every single playwright? Now you're just being obtuse. No, now I'm just playing the game. You wanted my thoughts, didn't you? Your examinations, your considerations, not you acting like... like... Like my liking something is as good as your liking something? Oversimplification. Sure, maybe. So what? Why can't it be simple? This is a complex art bringing together multiple professional disciplines and hours of physical, mental, and emotional labor to tell a story that inspires and relays deeper meanings and is meant to spark the kind of serious discussions we've been having and you've been avoiding. People wouldn't care if it was simple. People wouldn't get invested if it was simple. But we are, so it's not. These artists have built a world for us to examine as deeply and philosophically as our own. We owe them our mental work as a sign of appreciation. Exactly. So this is about appreciation. About showing how much it's valued. Basically. For the most part. Then let me ask you this. That show got a standing ovation tonight, yeah? What were you thinking during that? In full honesty? I was mentally tearing apart that set and trying to figure out the light rig in my mind. There are parts of it that I'd love to recreate for more dramatic pieces. I was thinking about whether I need to include more Russian and Jewish works in my curriculum. Why? What is it? I was thinking... that was super cool. Those people really deserve all this applause. Good for them. I liked what they did. That blew over fast. Did it? I'll be honest, I'm not sure of the hour. Anyone want another round? I don't think I'll be a great guest in the morning if I do. <laughs> Same here. Alright, maybe it's time to turn in anyway. Oh, if you're up for it, I have a great idea for breakfast. Do you have time tomorrow, Jules? Oh, yeah, I don't need to be on the road until, like, two. Excellent. Plenty of time to turn it into brunch, then. Let me get the fireplace off. Good night. Sleep well. Yeah, you too. You both got everything you need? Anyone need more blankets? Anything? I'm good. I remember where you keep spares. Great. <sighs> Damn. Off to bed then. Night. Night. Good night.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Soundbite. Stupid Little Play About Nothing was written by Beck Menk and Jackson Heyman. It was performed by Evan L. Johnson as Gunner, Jackson Heyman as Emerson, and Zachary Henke as Jules. Soundbite Theater's theme song was written by Charlotte Rosenthal. Soundbite Theater is produced by Mythonomica Productions. See you again soon.